0: possible to return to a fulfilling challenging successful career after a long career break after listening to this story we want your answer to be a resounding yes
1: i'm anna and i'm karen we're both coaches with women returners the return to work specialists we work with employers and career returners to enable professionals to return to satisfying and fulfilling work after career breaks of two 5, 10, or even 15 years and we're excited now to share some
0: of their inspirational stories with you On our Career Returners podcast, you'll hear from a diverse range of people sharing the ups and downs of their return to work journeys after taking long career breaks for childcare, elder care, health, or other reasons. After each story, Karen and I will chat over some of the key themes that emerged and share some of our top return to work tips. And a big thank
1: you to Credit Suisse for supporting us to bring this podcast to life. Credit Suisse were one of the pioneering employers in supporting talented professionals to return to work after a career break. Their Real Returns Programme currently runs in the US, UK, India and Switzerland, and
0: offers returners a smooth transition back into the workforce. After listening to this episode, do head along to womenreturners.com, where you'll find lots of advice, over 100 success stories and a range of return to work opportunities. And do sign up to our free network and Facebook group too for extra support and connection. And now, over to this week's guest.
1: I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, Adriana Enab. Adriana enjoyed a varied and successful career in investment banking, working in New York, London, and Tokyo in her early career. She took a 16-year career break from banking to bring up her three children, during which time she immersed herself in a variety of different initiatives, including setting up an executive search firm, taking an advanced degree in art history, and running two bars in Singapore. After 16 years, she decided to return to banking and found her route back in via Credit Suisse's returner program, Real Returns. Adriana has continued to grow her career there, and six years later, she is now Director of Public Policy with a strong advocacy focus on digital and innovation areas. Adriana also takes an active role in mentoring new returners who join Credit Suisse, helping them to navigate their own return to work.
2: Adriana, welcome. Thank you very much, Karen. Nice to be on, and thank you, Anna. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining.
1: (laughs) Very exciting. So really interesting career, Adriana. Tell us about some of your career highlights from your early career before you took a
0: break.
2: So yep, I guess an incredibly diverse one. And sometimes when I talk to people, I I kind of forget all the different things that I've done and what an exciting path it has been. I guess I started when I was 17 in the summer working at J. Aaron, which was then um, merged with Goldman Sachs, and that led to my nine years at Goldman and where I did an MBA and well, my undergraduate and MBA while I was working there, which they paid for at the time, which is unheard of, I think now. But it was, I I think at the time it was, you don't get, you don't ask. And they wanted me to, to sort of work full time and I wanted to continue my degree. So I said, no problem. I will continue my degree, but can you pay for my education, which they agreed to. Then I moved to the UK and I won't go into so much of the detail, it'll be too long, but then I worked at Merrill and I moved to Japan. And then to Singapore and then back to the UK again. So, I guess highlights are gosh, all of it. The different living in the different countries. I loved living in Japan. I loved working there. I loved setting up the new businesses. The bars were a lot of fun, learned a lot from that. And then coming back after 16 years, thinking it was just not possible, being told by so many people that it was impossible to to go back and that I wouldn't enjoy being back in banking, to come back and absolutely. Love it. And it's now actually seven years, which is insane.
0: Wonderful to hear. And I always like when people say, you know, it's impossible, you're not going to enjoy it. I like it when people kind of (laughs) defy those comments and find, actually, it is really good. After that early career, you moved away from banking in 1998. and, And as we talked about, you didn't return back until 2014 when you joined Credit Suisse's first returner program. What were some of the skills and strengths that you developed during that period when you're engaged a whole host of other activities away from banking?
2: So I guess the first one would be negotiating skills because having children at home, I think any mother will tell you that you learn to negotiate with terrorists, sort of holding your ground, being able to remove yourself from a situation and have a look at what the bigger picture is, if that's possible, because a lot of times when you're involved in the nitty gritty, that's not possible. But also, working on small businesses. It's not something I ever did. I started at 17, as I said, at J. Aaron, which was the commodity side of eventually Goldman Sachs. And I always felt I could only thrive and I could only work in a large institution, which to be honest, to this day, I still think is where I'm happiest, which is why I'm back at Credit Suisse not doing one of running one of my own ventures. But it did teach you a lot. It it, it taught me what not to do. It taught me the importance of not bringing people on board that were like me. And I think that's an issue that's talked about a lot now is that sort of conscious or unconscious bias where you end up hiring people that are similar to you, which I now can never understand because you think, why would I want to bring someone on who has the same skill set? I want someone who is good at something else. So that together, you know, I don't want to have to do all of the rest of the stuff. We should be able to split it. And then actually that's how you make a successful business. So I think that's one of the things I learned. And then when I went back and I did the Christie's art degree for two years, that was fantastic because I never really got to enjoy university or my master's. As I said, I was working through all of it. And I think a lot of times education is almost, it's wasted on the young, as they say. And it was so much more exciting. And Catholic, having gone to Catholic schools my whole life, I learned more about religion, doing these degrees at Christie's that I did when I was there. So there were just different things and things I was capable of. In between jobs, I did taiko drumming and sumi and not a arts and craftsy person, but I was like, right, I want to learn something different while I'm while I have some time off. And it was that do you remember when you did that, remember when you didn't think you could do that, that just it I had the freedom to try different things and I realized that I could do it if I put my mind to it.
1: Thanks for that, Adriana. And I uh, talk about all the, the fantastic things that you did whilst you were on your career break from banking, from running a small business and the different skills that that taught you about working with a diverse range of people. And also the joys and, and the freedom of being able to study, being able to enjoy your art degree and be involved in lots of other activities. So... 16 years away from banking and and having had a really exciting, different experience, what motivated you to start considering a return to your banking career again?
2: I had considered coming back earlier. And I did interview with different people and I spoke to a lot of people. I actually spoke to a headhunting firm here that was set up supposedly to help women who had been out of banking for a long time to get back in. But it was a real knock because actually when I got there and a few of my friends said the same thing, they said, well, really, you've been out too long. And I think at that point it was only, it was 10 years or nine years, you really need to use your contacts and, and we can't help you. So that was sort of a, a bit of a knock in, in your confidence, which you do get a lot of when you're not working. You were used to being sort of this powerful, independent, forget about woman, but just person and in, in banking and at events and in business. And then all of a sudden you become this housewife, mother, person who obviously can't string a sentence together and doesn't possibly know anything about politics or business or have the ability to to hold a conversation. So you're judged. But when you're judged by women and when you're judged by women that are trying to get you back into the business, supposedly, that was a real knock. But like I said, I just met a lot of people said, oh, So they looked at what it was that I'd been doing previously and said, that market is just, you know, forget that's dead and banking has changed so much. And it was two friends of mine, a friend of mine that was actually living in Bali at the time who used to run trading at a firm, another friend of mine who's a a journalist and she's in San Fran now. And both of them said, you are one of the few people that we know that loved it every single day. You loved, you loved the environment, you loved the, the speed of it, you loved learning new things, you enjoyed it, and that's where you should be and you need to stop looking at other things. So like I said, I interviewed with different people and you know nothing really worked out. And then I was in the middle of a divorce and I wanted to stay, spend more time with my kids. So I thought I'll do this art degree, and then I looked at starting a couple of businesses—one in psychology, one in crowdsourcing for publishing—which was super, super interesting. But to be honest, I needed to—I needed—I needed, to needed money. Kids' education was incredibly expensive, which I was splitting with my ex-husband, and I needed to get my sense of worth back because that's one thing that I don't know how a lot of people don't talk about, but you do, especially when you start so young. Like I said, I started 17. I attached my entire sense of worth to my job and to what I did. So I actually had gone, Goldman was doing a similar program, and that was actually, I think in 2008, they decided not to go forward with this Real Returns program, and I left it. I missed it. I remember when I went to the Goldman thing, this is really silly, but there was this huge boots, you know, which for anybody who's listening who isn't in the UK, is a pharmacy here, and it was absolutely massive. And I was like, <gasps> Everything's so big in the city. I forgot how fantastic everything is here. And it was just so different from the sort of museum kids around the kitchen table setting up a business life. And I just kind of wanted to be back in that world. And and then when I went in for that day, talking to different people about asset management and where the markets were and that kind of thing, and I really enjoyed it and the variety of people, and especially for me that had lived in so many different places, that variety of different cultures, different people, male, female, it didn't matter. You know, I really missed that. Also financially, I needed to get back.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And what encouraging comments from your friends, as you said, to say, actually, you you loved banking and, and these are all the reasons why. And then for you to get that reminder when you go in of actually the different people, the excitement, the scale, the pace, all of those things coming back again. Now, you returned via Credit Suisse's very first Real Returns program in the UK. We'd love to hear what was that experience like on the Real Returns program? Tell us a bit about the program.
2: Absolutely. So funnily enough, it was my ex-husband who told me about iRelaunch, which was a program in the U.S. And I saw, I was looking at their emails because I don't think that Women Returners was set up yet. And so they mentioned Credit Suisse program in the U.S. And I wrote to Credit Suisse and said, I know you're not doing this in the U.K. This is just the U.S. But if you ever do, keep me in mind. And One of the reasons I say that is because I think that's important for women looking at getting back to think about that it's not just a straight line. So I didn't get it through finding out about the one here. I found out the one in the U.S. and I said, by the way, let me know. And then they wrote back to me uh, right away and said, actually, we have one starting in April do you want to apply? So I applied and I interviewed for two positions, and I, which I, I got both. And I had to think about whether or not do I do this? Do I continue with these two new businesses I set up? And like I said, these friends of mine were like, look, this is what you've always loved. And the, the woman in HR that I was dealing with, who's become a very good friend of mine, she said, what do you have to lose? It is, I think at the time it was only 10 weeks, the first cohort. She goes, just try it. She goes, get some pocket money. And if you don't like it, then, you know, you don't have to, to do anything after it, but just give it a go. But we'd really love for you to, to join us. And I think it was, you know, the first day I got there and I kind of wanted to run and never go back because it just seemed a little bit overwhelming. And then from day two, I have never looked back. The one thing that I was so incredibly impressed with Credit Suisse, and I have to say, I have worked at a lot of different institutions which have been fantastic and I've dealt with a lot of search firms and everything else and no one has done it the way that they did which is looking at your skill set and not what you did previously. So they really matched you with projects because you go in for a project they match you with projects where you're suitable to based on your on what your skill set is. So that's what I did and I went into this incredibly exciting project for the 10 weeks. And then at the end of that, you're meant to look for a position, which is not guaranteed, but you know, hopefully that you will stay on permanently. And I had networked quite a lot during that. It was something that I found a little bit surprising. The younger generation seemed to not have picked up as much. And maybe that's just something that having lived in so many different countries, doing so many different things, it had become completely second nature. So it was reaching out to the COO or to CEO and saying, by the way, this is what I'm doing. And I'd love to know more about Credit Suisse. So can we talk? And because I think this would be interesting for this project, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And then I was the head of public policy, had to put on one of these lunchtime uh, presentations, which was one of the fantastic things was really to update you on what was happening with the market. So different managing directors and leaders within the firm of different areas, you know, diversity and inclusion, equities, fixed income, public policy, HR, everything. The IT would come in and talk about their experiences at Credit Suisse and what the market was like. So that was really fascinating. And when I heard what she was doing, I then went to my to the gentleman I was reporting to and said, I think we should leverage this, what her relationships are with the regulators with what we're trying to do. So I went ahead then and got in touch with her and she wasn't aware of the project that I was working on. Anyway, We started talking quite a bit. And then I was talking to the head of fixed income and said, this is really where I want to go because this is where I spent my whole life. And he said, actually, Lisa would really like you. She's lost a person. She'd really like you to go work for her. And I was like, absolutely not. No way. Not going to happen. Because first of all, when I left banking in 98, there were no policies. There were no regulations. I'm not a lawyer. I haven't worked in, in government. I don't know anything about this. I was a trader. I was a product manager, marketing, whatever, but not, definitely not this. He said, just go talk to her. So I went to speak to her, I think probably on the next to last day of the program. And I told her, no, this is not going to work for me. And she'd been at Goldman for 18 years. I didn't know her then, but she said, look, I've been at Goldman. You've been at Goldman. I know you, not you personally. I've gotten to know you a little bit, but I know you and I know you can do this. Give me three months. If you don't like it, it will help you find something else." and that was seven years ago, just almost seven years ago. So everyone seemed to be incredibly capable of looking outside of the box. And I found that so refreshing and so unusual. And I've, like I said, I've been in banking since I was 17. I'm much, much older than that now, and I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I, I think
1: that's really interesting, the way you said they look at your skill set, They looked at how they could bring that to perhaps a different role in the business and how refreshing that was. So for you, you came back from banking and you you went into a totally new area. And we often hear from returners that they would love a change in career direction as they return to work. What helped you to kind of navigate that change well? You know, what was it about the conversation that you had with Lisa that, that made you think, do you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give it a go?
2: She never said something she didn't mean. So if she told me that she thought I could do this, then I trusted that. And that is something that, you know, I tell my kids and I tell any of my friends that are interviewing or that say, I don't know if I'm able to do this. Or like you said before, you know, I'm mentoring a lot, not just returners, but girls that are going into internships or whatever sort of younger, you know, generation. And it is also, The one thing that I have learned is if somebody thinks you can do something, that what I always tell people is no matter how many things I have done and no matter how many jobs I've done and no matter how, to, no matter how senior I've been, every single time, it is is my—it is so scary and it is so you question yourself and you say, can I do this? There are days when I think I'm going to resign because I don't think I can do this next task. So it's just easier if I just leave because I don't know how I'm going to get my head around what I have to do or if I have to speak at something or there's just something that's so daunting. So, And I said, but if there are people People And someone, like I said, like Lisa, who absolutely did not sugarcoat anything, never did, never has, never will. And she said, you can, I believe that and I need you. And, you know, I really try and explain and tell my story because I want them to understand it is never a straight path. And the best outcomes that I've had is because I did not say, this is how I want it to be. So I'm going to only do this and I'm not going to deviate because it doesn't fulfill my vision of my future. You will never get to where you want to go, which is enjoying what you do, if you follow that straight path.
0: What a wonderful lesson for that you've learned and that you're now sharing with others because absolutely careers are not linear yeah. um at all. They often, if you think about a career being forty or fifty years, absolutely it has its twists and turns and sometimes it goes roundabout for a little bit and sometimes it takes a, a pause. And all those are a completely normal part of a long career. So super advice. Now, Adriana, you've been back for seven years now, as you said, and your own career has gone from strength to strength since you've been back. What do you really love about your current
2: work? I love Credit Suisse. I think it's a fantastic organization. It's not American. It's not European. It's this sort of blend of just opportunities and the people. I just the quality of people that I work with, my team, my my boss and my team, everybody that 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 I work with, I really enjoy, and also. I've been given the ability to run with what I'm good at and to do and explore. So when I started looking at the policy stuff, it was on the markets and it was, I was looking at a mirror or a margin and securitization and things more market related. And then I picked something up in a consultation that mentioned blockchain distributed ledger that one of the ESMA, the uh, securities regulator, had in there. And I went to my boss and I said, this is going to change how we do business, because I understood from the market's perspective that this would change completely settlements and everything else. And I was very excited about it. And they're like, well, we don't really know. And it wasn't a big thing back then. That was 2015. And it wasn't really hadn't hit and I just started to dig and dig. And I always say going down the, the Alice in Wonderland, down the hole, and and I would just start, I started to read and to read. And then I started to go to conferences and get listen to you know podcasts or whatever there was. And then I would come and I would say, this is important. This is going to affect our business. This is, you know, so robo-advisory. Yeah, well, we don't think the relationship managers aren't going to be so happy about that. It's like, well, it doesn't have to be, could be, it's some sort of, a hybrid, right? Where you have an algorithm that is giving you ideas and collecting big data and cleaning that. And then it's an extra tool. It's not replacing anybody. And so I just started going down this this path and data protection and then just meeting people. And the guys at Credit Suisse were always like, just keep doing what you're doing. And so they gave me that ability to grow and to, to follow through, obviously having to do what I normally did. But that made a huge difference and allowed us, allowed me to expand and allowed you know, it was fantastic for Credit Suisse. It was great working on collaboration because it was something everyone was a little bit nervous about working with other banks, but it's like there's, there was no competitive advantage in working on compliance technology on your own. If you could work with other institutions towards one solution of some way to report better, which is something we're working on now, or some way to streamlining things that were costly so that then in the end you could give your customer a better service because the costs were reduced. So it's just, it was that ability to really expand my horizons which it just made it fantastic absolutely fantastic i love what you said about credits we've given
1: you that ability to grow and expand your horizons and one of the things that you talk about with us is that you've also been there for other women returners and you've been mentoring other other returners as they've gone back to work what are some of the key challenges that you keep hearing coming up for them and how do you help them to navigate some of those challenges you know a lot of them were
2: concerned at the beginning with what title they were going to have and looking at sort of the detail of i need to be given this specific thing because this is what i was before and i realized maybe it's a little different for me because i was out 16 years so for me what title i had was completely irrelevant but it's kind of always been that way because i feel that what i do is not particularly related to my title because i feel that my access to very senior people is based on what i'm doing and and i felt just, I was so glad to be back and doing what I was doing that that didn't matter, but it's getting stuck on those small details. And you need to make that decision. Like I said before, what's more important for you? Do you like working? So at the end of the program, do you like working at Credit Suisse or do you not like it? And so you're not even willing to take something that you're enjoying, or do you Are you not willing to take something you don't think that you're going to like in order just to stay? It's just looking a little bit outside of that box, but it's also, it's important a lot of people before they come to have a support network. I had a, a fantastic nanny and that made a big difference. And then friends as well that could, because I'm American, I don't have family here. My husband's family's in Germany, but just to have friends that could sort of, you know, if there's an emergency and somebody needs to pick a child up or something like that, it's important to have a support network And to not beat yourself up, because one of the other things that I talk about a lot, which I think, Anna, you'll remember when I spoke at the Women Returners Conference, which always amazes me that not more women know is common, is the imposter syndrome, which I have. And it is understanding that you are going to go through that and think that you're not good enough, that you're not capable, that you're letting your kids down, your job down, your your health, whatever it is. And you have to just say, talk to a friend, understand that this is common. And like I said, people will look at the life that I've had and I have three brilliant kids and I travel and I've got a great job and everything else. There are days where you just think I cannot get out of bed and you are just mind numbingly sort of paralyzed, because you think, like I said, there are days when I just think I can't get on with these people. I spoke on a panel with like some very senior regulators in the US. And I thought, I think I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna just resign before I do this, because, and then all of a sudden, I got there. And I just, and it it was fine, I did it. And it's that you have to understand that 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 fear and that is normal. And you just have to just go to the next place, just keep going, just get up and keep going, get up and keep going and then the next day it's going to be okay.
0: Some of the things that you shared, first of all, about actually as you come into a role, recognising you need to have that perspective that what you're doing is just a stepping stone. It's not the job title or the role you're going to be doing forever. Yep. Such important advice about making sure you've got that support network of a whole range of support when you need them. But that piece about the imposter syndrome and recognising that fear is normal. And I know personally, I often talk with women about actually maybe you don't need to be more confident. Maybe you're not going to quiet that voice of self-doubt, but actually maybe you could just have more courage and more bravery to step into that place that's, you know, just keep going, give it a go. So, wonderful advice in terms of how you've helped others, returners, and their challenges. Adriana, you obviously have a full life still with three kids, with a busy job, with still having a lot of interests in things outside. What has helped you
2: find a sense of balance? <laughs> so just so you know I have 5 actually because I have two stepdaughters as well. <laughs> so I have I have 3 boys and then two stepdaughters and like I said my husband's in Germany during the week so I don't ever make my life easy. <laughs> but it is so fulfilling and crazy weirdly yoga. I know that sounds crazy but I started doing it when I was in Japan and and then continued and I did one of the things I did with when I was I had time off in Singapore was y- yoga teacher training. I think finding something that you really enjoy where you can sort of escape to, even if it's just for a few minutes. And that's the other thing is I found, one of my trainers told me, put the yoga mat where you step down in the morning in your bed, because even though it takes you 30 seconds to unroll it, you're not going to do it. But even if, because it's there, you might just do one downward dog or whatever. And it's that thing that I used to think, if, if I do, it has to be an hour and a half, or it has to be, you know, at least an hour, there's no point. And then I realized and I think this has only come with age and maybe the younger generation understands that now is that even 10 minutes makes a difference. And I've also set myself up at home now with a little rollaway desk next to my table with a stand-up desk with its own mouse and its own keyboard so that I take my unplug my computer and I put it there and I stand as long as my computer has charge. And then I sit down because if I have to move all the stuff, I realize I wouldn't do it. And just that moving around makes it a little bit less stressful and a little bit less, you know, it's better for my back. It's better for your health. It's better for everything. Yeah. And I think it's, it's about
1: those little small steps, which all mount up, don't they, in terms of really helping you with your work-life balance. You've obviously had, you know, a fantastic return to work journey these past seven years. When you kind of look back now over the last seven years, what are some of the things that you are most proud of, both personally and professionally?
2: professionally the way that i literally it's just beyond me went from someone who was a fixed income die hard trader product manager knowing nothing about policy to now being someone that is interviewed all the time that is on panels you know that i've learned so much that i dug so deep and learned so much and that i keep asking the questions and i Don't really, like I said, take no for an answer. The connections that I've made, the people that I've met, the ability to help move projects forward. You know, I had someone who used to work at the regulator who's now in the US say, I just, before we start, he was in a new role, before we start this conversation, I just, want to say thank you for everything that you did for us. And I literally was like tearing up because I thought you don't normally hear that. So I guess I'm proudest of the fact that I just never gave up. I just didn't give up. I didn't give up and I just kept going and I kept going and kept going and that I did things that were sometimes I was so afraid of doing and I still did it. And personally, I am so proud of my children and who they've become and that they have somebody to look up to. I mean, for for many years, they're like, you don't know anything about work. You've never worked. And it's like, you don't understand. And I would tell them, I was like, I did, I really did work and I had a really important job and it would really annoy me. And I guess, as I said before, I have always defined myself by my work. And I think that's still partially true, but also Now, when I look at my children, I define myself by them as well. Not that they have done their successes or their successes, but that at least I was able to help them.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And so many wonderful things to be proud of. And that piece about being a, a role model for them is a, is a is a really important
2: one. So that's, a, yeah, just that's the other thing is, and somebody was asking me, I think one of my kids actually said, why, you?" no, it wasn't one of my kids, my next door neighbor, why do you spend so much t- of your personal time mentoring and speaking at these things? And, and they know, a credit piece, they'll ask me at the last, so can you speak at this, even if I'm not in or something? And they're like, we know how important this is for you. And I said, it's, and I'm really proud of that. It's because it's so incredibly important. And they asked me, why do you do this? Because I don't think there are a lot of people that could say they started their banking when they were 17 in New York in the 80s, London, Tokyo, Singapore, bars, art degree, three kids back after 16 years. So I think that when I tell a story, it comes with authenticity, I want girls to know and it's specifically these young ones that you don't deserve anything you have to work for it you have to ask for things so that glass ceiling needs to be needs to not exist and I'm not saying it doesn't exist but I found a lot of times that women are less willing to ask for things and they're more afraid because they don't think they're as good men men have an overconfidence women have an underconfidence and trying to break that Barrier. I'm trying to. So I'm proud of when I go to these events and I speak, and the girls that come up to me afterwards and tell me, I have decided to go home this weekend and get all of my English lit books because I thought that wasn't important, but I'm going to do this. Or women who have said to me, I didn't think I was in healthcare and I didn't think I could ever go back to work, but now I'm going to go. And the number of women and girls who have written to me after speak my speaking, who have decided to change something in their life, that probably is what I'm most proud of.
0: Wonderful. And I think all of us hope to make some kind of a positive impact in other people's lives. And it sounds Mm. like you've done that for very many people. And I know that your story here today on the podcast will absolutely will inspire other people who are on a career break who are thinking about having a return. Just one last question we'd love to ask you, Adriana. You've shared some already some kind of great pieces of advice for other people on a career break, things like you just see it as a stepping stone or think about your support network or step into the fear. Have you got any other advice for returners who are on a career break looking to return back to work?
2: I would look at everything that's available and I would research and see what it is that you're, what field you're interested in. I would interview an interview and I would, your gut feeling, you have to trust your gut feeling. And if you like what you see, but don't go in blind, understand the company, understand their ethos, understand their values and work out whether or not that's what you want. And it isn't that that there's a right and you're wrong or the other way around. But I find a lot of people don't do the research and don't understand what it is they're getting into. They just want to get back to work and just getting back to work is fine. But there are so many opportunities now that you don't have to just take anything. Wonderful
0: advice. And I think that the first bit there that you said around Well, don't just get back to work, make sure that the work you're getting back to is aligned with your skills, your experience, the company's aligned with your values, your ethos, so important, but also to get out and talk to people and find people that you can learn from or that can give you some support along the way. Wonderful advice. Adriana, thank you. It's been such an absolute pleasure to speak to you today and to hear about your journey. And I know it will be absolutely inspiring to others not only the fact that you managed to come back after a long break, but also that career change, the continual learning that you do. And also, I really love the piece that you talked about, about kind of stepping into the fear and just keeping going. And, and that was just such wonderful advice. So thank you so much for sharing your
2: story. Thank you, Anna and Karen. That was wonderful. And thank you for doing this. I think it's it's such a great service for women to have this, to go back to to do these podcasts. Thank you for having me.
0: So, Karen, reflecting on our conversation with Adriana, one of the key things that stuck with me was about how important it is on returning to work to be proactive and to create your own opportunities rather than simply waiting for things to happen.
1: Yes. I mean, right from the start, when Adriana was first looking to return to banking, she proactively contacted Credit Suisse, even though they didn't have a returners program in the UK at that stage. And that helped her to get a foot in the door.
0: And then when Adriana was actually there at Credit Suisse on the return ship, you know, she jumped right into it. She gave it her all. And she really made the most of building her network, meeting people, understanding different parts of the business, and and then seeing what opportunities there might be for her. And that ultimately resulted in a really interesting
1: change of career direction for her, from trading to a policy role, all because of her proactively reaching out to people and being open to the opportunities that there were.
0: And then now, since she's been back for a few years, it was great to hear how much she's continued to be proactive and you know, she's really enjoyed pursuing learning about new areas, meeting a range of people across the industry, outside of her organisation and you know, areas like innovation and artificial intelligence, as well as regulation. And she's also been proactive in terms of becoming an expert in an area that she enjoys and that's helped her progress and it's also been really useful to Credit Suisse her employer.
1: Yeah, I mean, we do really emphasise to people returning from a career break that you do need to be proactive and positive. You know, take those steps to upskill, reach out to people, create conversations and really try to build your networks so that you can give yourselves the best possible opportunities.
0: And we should say, you know, that doesn't mean doing that is easy and, and it might well be terrifying to do some of that. And Adriana was really open about some of the doubts da- some worries she felt on many occasions. But that if you just do it, if you give it a go, be proactive and, and as Adriana said, you know, step into that fear so that you can be open to and, and create your own opportunities and connections, you'll take positive steps to move your return to work journey forward.
1: Thanks for joining us today. And we really hope that this story will inspire you to take the next step in your own return to work journey. Do tell your friends and family about the Career Returners podcast. And when you get a moment, we'd love you to subscribe,
0: rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. A big thank you again to Credit Space for supporting us to create this podcast series. Credit Space has supported professionals on a career break to successfully return to work for many years. Take a look at their Real Returns program if you're thinking about returning to work. With a focus on transferable skills, the program has been important in opening new career directions for returners across the years. And if you're looking for more advice and guidance in your own return to work journey,
1: we're here to support you. Visit us at womenreturners.com and sign up to our free returners network to hear about returner opportunities and join our growing community of returners in
0: our Facebook group. We look forward to you joining us again for the next episode of the Career Returners podcast.